Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning in Queen City, Texas. We are studying uh, the book of Jude and uh, that's where we'll be today. There's only one chapter in Jude, so uh, that's what we've been looking at for the past six weeks. Today is going to be session number seven and uh, we will begin in verse five when we begin here in just a moment. First, let me say uh, that you don't want to forget the determined camp meeting. Uh, which will be October the 24th through the 27th with 13 cross-eyed ministers coming in from all over the country. This year's camp meeting is themed All In. And these ministers that are coming, uh, they're, not, they're no longer tiptoeing around the message of the cross. Uh, they, they're all in. This is what they've determined to know, not, to, to know nothing other than this message. Genesis to Revelation is tied to the blood of Jesus, what he did at Calvary, and that's what they preach and teach, and that's who's going to be here, so you'll want to be here too. It starts that Thursday night, October 24th, all the way through Sunday morning, all day Friday, all day Saturday, lunch will be served to all who are here, free of charge, so make sure you are here, make reservations early, and uh, we just look forward to having you. Also, in a couple, not this weekend, but next weekend, I'll be with Pastor Wayne Voss and the good folks of Greenwood, Mississippi there, Crossway Ministries. Look forward to being with them. And also, I'll be with Pastor Colton and Casey Hill there in Athens, Tennessee on the 20th through the 22nd of next month. And look forward uh, to being with them in Tennessee as well. So, uh, it's a good thing to be somewhere preaching the gospel, teaching the word, uh, because it's the most precious commodity that we have on the planet today. Uh, most people live their entire lives and never really given much thought about the Bible. Even Christians today don't give much thought about the Bible, never open it, uh, just really think they're going to make it uh, uh, because of something. I don't know, but true faith in Christ is a faith that's active. The word faith without actions, the Bible says, is not a faith. It's dead. Faith without works is dead, the Bible says. So true faith has actions. True faith is a move of God in our hearts, not just words on our lips. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not of word, but of power. And uh, that, that's, what, that's what that's talking about. When your faith literally is in Christ, not was 20 years ago, Today, your faith is in Christ, not your lips do not produce your faith. You say you have faith. Your heart is how you believe in Christ. And when your heart is believing unto Christ, you're living for Christ. And that's just the way it is. That's the way the Bible teaches it. Now, Christianity today has milked it down to where uh, what I just said is a big bag of wash. It doesn't mean now forgive him. But if you're a Christian, that doesn't mean you have to live for God, but if your faith is right, you'll be living for God. Amen? And that's important, what I just said, because of where we are in our study in the book of Jude. Uh, as I said, there's only one chapter. It was written to those who are called the beloved, you see in verse 3. That means those who've been saved, those that God loves, and those that love God. And so he begins to write them a letter and he begins to desire to talk about the common salvation, but he quickly learns under the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you can't talk about the common salvation without contending for the faith because the common salvation is always under attack. It's always under attack. Every true salvation is always under attack. The message of the cross is always under attack. Little old places that people gather and they're not preaching the message of the cross. The devil don't care one iota about them. He's already got them sidetracked, distracted, and under his control again. Because when you begin to preach the cross, believe from your heart the message of the cross, that's what he hates, that's what he comes against, that's what he will attack. And if, if allowed to, he will be able to do what he's done throughout the centuries in our lives and we'll see some of that in the book of Jude today. Let's start in verse 5. And I'm praying the Lord open our eyes today. Give us eyesight. Give us a better eyesight. Give us uh, hungry hearts, receptive hearts, hearts that 
uh, want to have more than a Bible study, more than a church, more than a song, more than some Bible reading plan, but a real relationship with Christ, not just one that I make up and have in my own mind, but according to the Word, I live for God, I serve God, and I have a relationship with Christ. And that's what Christianity is all about. And when that's there, others see it. And that's what I'm praying. God, increase our learning today of yes, Christ. Lord. So in Jude chapter 1, the only chapter, I guess, uh, in verse 5, we'll start there today. We, we, we left off here last week. And the Bible says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, mm -hmm. though you once knew this, mm -hmm. how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Yep. Now, I have to stop and I have to say something about that because of the great heresy and the, the lying, uh, the, the lie that once you're saved, you're always saved. Uh, you know, you, you, there is a such thing as eternal security, but it's not unconditional eternal security. <clears throat> it's conditioned on your faith. Right. If you endure to the end, if you hold fast right. that confidence unto the end. Mm -hmm. Listen, it's all based on your faith. Peter yes, even wrote right. in 1 Peter 1, 5 that yeah. we are kept yes. by the power of God through faith mm -hmm. unto salvation. Without your faith, you can't be kept. Without your faith, you won't make it to the end. Mm -hmm. If you move your faith from what Christ did for you at Calvary, you won't make it. Right. And, and, and you got to understand something. If that weren't the case, we don't need the book of Jude. If that weren't the case, we don't need the book of Jude. The Jude, the book of Jude, the letter, is to remind us. That's what he just said. I put you in remembrance. I'm reminding you of something. And listen, if once we're in, that's it, and it's a done deal, and, and, and I don't even have to guard my heart, I don't really even have to live for God, which is what some well-known, famous TV preachers will tell you. It don't matter what you do after you're born again. You can even renounce Christ and you'll still make heaven. Mm -hmm. I've read that no, in books. No, no. I've read that in books by a guy in Atlanta, Georgia, who's got a church of at least 15,000 members in his church. He's got that book. Once you're born again, even if you renounce Christ, oh, no. that's called unbelieving, mm -hmm. is it not? Yes. And this verse in my Bible, mm -hmm. unchanged, says, and they have to twist other scriptures to, to make that false doctrine of once saved, always saved, which is heresy. And Galatians 5 says heresy is a work of the flesh. Mm -hmm. See, the flesh is behind that lie. Mm -hmm. Because it wants to <clears throat> it wants to believe. The flesh wants to believe I can just live any way I want to, do whatever I want to, don't even have to serve God because I got saved one time. That's what the flesh wants, but that ain't what the Word says. Right. Amen. You don't go to heaven because of what you do. Correct. You go to heaven because yes. of what you believe. That's right. And if your believing is right, then your living is right. Uh -huh. If your living ain't right, your believing ain't That's right. right. And again, let me say this before we move on. What you say does not bring faith on the right. same. What you say is not your That's faith. Right. You only believe from the heart. And when mm -hmm. the heart is believing under righteousness, mm -hmm. the life is bearing forth the fruit of righteousness. Okay. Again, though, Amen. Christianity today, they throw the Bible out and stick with just some lying her heretical traditions their fathers have brought into the church, those that crept in among us unawares, as we've read in this very book of Jude. Mm. He says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, mm -hmm. how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Right. He saved them, then he destroyed some of them that stopped mm -hmm. believing. And you got to say this, and I know uh, that false ministers today will say, well, all those that came out of Egypt were not really Israelites. That may be the case, but nobody came out of Egypt that didn't get in the house among the Israelites who had blood on the doorpost. Right. It don't matter if you were an Egyptian. It don't matter if you were there visiting somebody for a week and all that was going on and, 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 you, and you jumped in an Israelite's house and had the blood on the doorpost. It was because you had realized the God of the Israelites was God. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Right. 
And they all that came out, all were saved. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You think about an Egyptian back in that day having jumped in a house mm -hmm. of an Israelite with the blood on the doorpost. Mm -hmm. He had to relinquish everything he believed in right. and trust in this God of the Israelites. Yes, and did. God wasn't looking for what you had believed in the past. He wasn't looking inside the house there to see who was really good and who was bad. If blood was on the doorpost right. and they were in the house, right. they were saved. That's correct. And they That's came out correct. of Egypt and they were all saved. But they got out in the wilderness mm -hmm. and some begin to step into a big boat of unbelief. Correct. And God destroyed them. Uh -huh. Don't think for a minute. Paul writes about that kind of thing even in the church today. Many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. Mm -hmm. That's in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. That Christians, the, earth, the world today, the church is full of weak Christians. Oh, but, you know, we, now he's not talking about weak so God's strength can be made perfect. He's talking about weak, been made weak by these perilous times we live in. And remember, we've been talking here at Crossway Church. The word perilous means something fierce and dangerous that reduces strength. Mm. Talking about the spirit of these, this, these last days, that perilous spirit. The church has been weakened by these lies. The church has been uh, become sick even to the point of physical sickness. And many of God's people have died prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body, which is twofold, meaning they're not discerning what really happened at Calvary. And they're not discerning the body of Christ today in the earth, the church, and, and the functionality of His body today. And if we don't know that, the Bible's clear. You can die. You can be weak and sick and die prematurely and be thinking that you're doing the best you can the whole time. It ain't about what you think you're doing. It's about the Word of God and your faith in that in the, in the context of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But the point here is, is that we're being reminded. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not talking about being perfect because there is no perfect people. Mm -hmm. But you can't take that excuse and live your life in sin. Well, nobody's perfect. The devil's got you right there. Mm -hmm. right. Well, nobody's perfect. Right. See, the devil tells us factual statements. Right. Because that's a fact. It is a fact. He tells facts, so we'll live by his facts, mm -hmm. because if we'll live by his facts, we won't live by the word of God right. through which faith comes. And the Bible doesn't say we live by facts. It right. says we live by faith. That's right. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word That's of God. Right. Romans 10, 17. So everybody that came out of Egypt was saved. But they didn't all make it because he destroyed those That's right. that became unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And then and then he begins to, to talk about those different groups and we'll begin to cover some of those today. In verse 6 he says, and the angels, and, he, and again, he's here going to give us some examples. Why? We need them. Right. Why? So we won't be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Listen, the Bible's clear. Don't fear man who has the power to take away your material possessions but fear the one who can cast your soul into hell. Yes. Mm, yes. These warnings are for you and me. Mm -hmm. And let me say that again. The book of Jude is for a church that is in danger of wandering away or has wandered away and is headed for destruction. Well, I don't believe that. Well, neither did the people in unbelief in the wilderness. Listen, deception simply means I don't know that I don't know, but I think I do. That's deception. I think I know, but I don't. Anybody ever been there? Yes. This means yes, yes, we all have. Correct, yes. That's true. We've all been deceived. Yes, we sure have. And deception it is still at work because we're all ignorant about some things right now. Mm -hmm. Amen. So he begins to give some examples here that we need to take to heart because that's who it's to. It's for us to take to heart so we can be reminded. And when he says you once knew these things, 
That means they once held dear to this. They once were contenders for the faith. And if you're not contending for the faith, you're already being seduced. The church has been so weakened. The, the church has been made to look so foolish. You need to know this. To the world, you do look foolish. The Bible says we're crucified to the world and the world unto us. When Jesus was on the cross, that looked foolish. Mm -hmm. A man who had power to bring dead people out of the grave, open blinded eyes, feed thousands with food he could hold in his hands and feed every one of them with barrels left over. And now that's foolish. That's the most foolish thing I've ever heard of. A man that could do all that and now, well, apparently he's lost his power. How foolish. How foolish is it to not use that power and come down off the cross mm -hmm. or he's lost his power. See how foolish that looks. Your faith looks foolish to the world. Right. And true faith looks foolish today to the church. Oh, goodness. Because most preachers are not preaching the faith. Yeah, you're right. Well, my preacher preaches using the Bible. Listen. The Bible is declared to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But it's not because I read that or say that or quote that scripture. The Bible is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path if my faith is in the one right now who said I am the light of the world. The word of God tells us that it's our daily sustenance. It's our daily bread. But it's not because I quote that or because I Read that. It is because my faith only is in the one who said, I'm the bread that came from heaven. And again, my faith is not in Christ because I say it is. My faith is in Christ when with my heart, I'm believing today in what he did for me at Calvary. I don't need the rabbit's foot anymore. I don't need Grandpa's shiny penny. I don't need the, 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 the one of the Indian things, the dream catcher on the wall. I don't need the horoscope. I'm literally trusting in Christ and his work alone. Everything else now is gone. I, I now begin to burn the books that I've had in my library. Literally, I, I'm speaking from experience. I burn the music that I've trusted in. When my heart's broken, I run to some country song and, and, and I trust that to make me feel better. No, I burn everything. I get rid of everything. It's time for a bonfire. And now I'm literally trusting in Christ and what he did for me at Calvary. His work, his work of righteousness. If we're not contending for that faith, we're on dangerous ground. And if we are contending for that faith, then we're being ridiculed and criticized and talked about. Can I tell you this morning, people are talking about you anyway. Every person you know is talking about you when you're not around. Not me, but oh, that's you. So you might as well give them something good to talk about. Give them a boatload to talk about. Make them talk about that cross when they talk about you. All they want to do is talk about the cross. All they want to do is try to make every scripture talk, point to Calvary. Just make them say those things because that's what we are exactly doing. The whole, that's all the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. Amen. That's Amen. all he does. The preachers will get up and they'll say that blood-stained thread that runs through Genesis all the way through Revelation, but then they don't preach it all the way in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But that sounds spiritual and good, doesn't it, to mm -hmm. say that? Yes. <laughs> he begins to give the first example here is of angels which kept their did not keep their first estate, their first proper God-given domain. Mm -hmm. And really, if you think about this, and that's what we're here to do on Friday mornings is to think about these things, uh -huh. to listen and believe and to, and to ponder on these things that God has given us in the Word, that the first one to ever leave their God-given proper domain that we know about uh -huh. in the Word is Lucifer. He's the first one. He, he was the uh, most highly decorated and created and anointed and beautiful cherub, the Bible says. He's a created being. He's the most, he was an angel. He is an angel. Mm -hmm. he's the, but he's, he was the highest decorated angel. 
the most beautiful. The, the, the Bible says things about him in Isaiah and Ezekiel. And uh, and he, he was heaven's praise and worship. It was all in him. The Bible says that the timbrels, the music was in who he was. And he, he was heaven's praise and worship leader. That's why he uses music today. That's right. Yes. That's why he uses the music of the world yes. to destroy the church yes, yes. or to keep the world in darkness because he's a music expert. Yes, that's right. It's all, it, just, it was all in him, but he saw himself and how beautiful he was. Mm -hmm. And his heart became prideful. That's right. And he, the, the Bible says that there was war in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yes. But he didn't win. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. There was such a war yes. that a third of the angels went with him mm -hmm. and they were all kicked out of heaven. Correct. Yes. That's what the Bible teaches. Right. Think about that. That's right. Because God ain't got no enemies. We may be at enmity with God, but he ain't got no... To have an enemy, you got to have somebody that's could take you out. Can't nobody take him out. Amen. A lot of, you know, the devil worshipers think that Lucifer is God. Listen, mm -hmm. Lucifer can be your God, mm -hmm. but he ain't the God. That's exactly right. God created Lucifer. Yes, he did. Think about that. And Lucifer, in his rebellion, fell from his God-given proper yes. estate, his domain. And when you lose that, my friend, you're out. out. Yes. And, and the question comes up sometimes, you've heard it through the years, why didn't God give Lucifer and the fallen angels, why didn't he give them a second chance like he's given us? You ever wondered that? Why, why, you know, Because there are preachers out there today saying that God is even ultimately going to save Lucifer, the devils, and all those who went to hell because he is a God of love. And he will, because he's love, he will never be able to allow people to be in hell forever and forever and forever. But Jesus said they would be there forever and forever and forever. It's either eternal life in Christ Jesus or eternal death, which is separation from God in the flames of fire eternal. That's right. Think about that. But the reason is God didn't give them a second chance is because he didn't create them in his image. Mm. He created us in his image. We carried the image of God. I don't know what Lucifer and all them carried. They were just created beings to carry out orders and, and, and to do the capacity they were given by God to do. But they can't be redeemed. That's right. We can. Mm -hmm. God created us in his image. He loves us. He came for us. He kicked the devil, Lucifer, when he became that old devil. He kicked him out of heaven. Now he's asking you all to come to heaven through faith in his redemptive plan. And you'll make it if you keep believing unto the end. Think about that. But after Lucifer lost his, left his, that's how we lose it, we leave it. You understand that? Yeah. God didn't just say, I'm tired of you, I'm kicking you out. No. He lost, he was kicked out. He he lost his domain because he left his domain. Yeah, that's right. Now I gotta remind you this morning. Right. Paul told the church in Galatians, Galatians 1 6, I marvel that you so soon have removed yourself from him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know how they did it? How they removed their self from the Lord, turned away from the truth of the cross and began to believe whatever else it is. It don't matter for them. It was going back to circumcision, going back to the worshiping only and resting on the, uh, the, the seventh day, going back under the law. Then Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, I marvel that you so soon have removed yourself from him who has called you. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Well, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. You can leave him. That's it. You can forsake him. Yes. The prodigal son left 
his father. His father didn't leave him. His father didn't forsake him. But the prodigal son left his father, forsook his father, ended up in the pig pen. Mm -hmm. Had a wake-up call with a heart of repentance, came home. Hallelujah. Some of you have been carried astray in all sorts of false beliefs. That I, well, if I'll just believe this, I'll believe that. No, I'm talking to you Christians. No, there's one object of faith. It's Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's exactly right. That's your way in, that's your way through, yeah. and that's where the power and provision of God comes to get you through mm -hmm. exclusively, yeah. no other way. Mm -hmm. But after Lucifer had left his domain, the third of the angels left their first domain. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says. They kept not their first estate. Mm -hmm. They left it. Mm -hmm. But then man did the same thing. Adam left his first estate. Mm -hmm. His first estate, his proper domain was to be in relationship with God, to have a body that lived forever, to be able to eat off the tree of life, and to just be able to reproduce after God's kind. Mm -hmm. But because he became a sinner, he, he listened to his wife that listened to the devil. He became the first one through which sin came in. No, the Bible doesn't say sin came in through Eve. She was deceived, but through the man Adam, sin came in. Yes. Because he was the representer of God. Yes, sir. And through the first Adam, sin came in. And through sin coming in, death came in. And Adam lost that first estate called what we like to call perfection. Mm -hmm. No sickness, no death. All he had to do was keep the garden. Correct. You are free to eat of all the trees in the garden. Just don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you eat of that, you shall surely die. Mm -hmm. exactly. That was his estate. He was to take all that he was, all that God had given him, and to take and multiply throughout the entirety of the earth, the earth with what God had given him right there. God began that work, and God wanted that extended throughout all the earth. But because he became a sinner... All he could do now was reproduce after his kind, which was a sinner. If he had never ate off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if he'd never disobeyed God, he, him and his wife Eve would have been the parents of all those born after the image of God. Think about that. What a place God yeah. wanted for this earth to have. Just a place of perfection, a loving relationship with Him. We didn't, they didn't need lawyers. They didn't need doctors. They didn't need anything. They had everything they needed. They had, they had the mental capacity to name every animal that came to Adam. They, they, man, He was so smart. We think we've gained knowledge throughout the years because we've got these gadgets. But let me tell you something. Adam had perfection. Yes, he did. It was all good. Amen. He had everything he needed. He yes. had the right capacity. There yes. was no fear. There was no doubt. There was no unbelief. He just had a relationship with God. And when he chose, let me say that again, when he chose right. to disobey God, right. Amen. Amen. he left his first estate. Mm -hmm. Sure did. Let me tell you something today, child of God. Your first estate is, to, is in Christ. Yeah. Because when you were born again, you were right. placed in Christ. Yes, amen. Jesus taught in John 15, yeah. every branch in me, your first estate, you became a branch onto the vine. Jesus said, I'm the true vine, you're the branches. Mm -hmm. Your first estate, all the other don't matter. It's gone. It's history. God don't remember your sin. He's justified you. He's taken you as a branch and placed you in His Son, Jesus Christ, the true vine. That's your brand new estate. Mm -hmm. But Jesus said, Every branch in me that bears not fruit, my Father will take it out. Mm -hmm. Now see, we have to heed Jesus's teachings just like he taught them mm -hmm. and go and find other scriptures just like Jude wrote that tell us I'm writing these things for you. Mm -hmm. I'm writing these things so you can remember. Mm -hmm. These folks that leave their first estate, these folks that trade in their first estate, their God-given domain and for the child of God it's called in Christ. Mm -hmm. You can forsake that. Mm -hmm. You can leave that. 
Jesus said it. Every branch in me, in me, that bears not fruit. That don't mean you every day of your life you'll bear fruit, but that means God sees, God's looking, and it's fruit that He can produce in you. It's not just your good deeds. Lost people can do good deeds. It's what He is doing in you and you are allowing Him to work out through you. It's called Christianity. It's called the expression of Christ. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's called the fruits of His righteousness. Amen. It's called obedience to God's Word. That's what it's called. Not God sees my heart. God knows my heart. Well, God knows my heart. God does know our heart. That's why he told Jeremiah to write this. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. And who can know it? Deceitfully wicked above all things. That means your heart can be telling you that you're right with God. You're walking with God. Everything's okay. And you be on your way quickly to hell. Preachers and all over the world today, they'll say, follow your heart. God don't say that. God says your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Mm. Just follow your heart, son. That ain't in the Bible. The Bible says follow the Holy Spirit. Be led of the Holy Spirit who will teach you all truth and show you all things. Yes. Come on now. That's true. See, we've been duped. We've been seduced. These, these sayings have come into the church to the point they're in the pulpits, they're in the seminaries. Just follow your heart, son. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. Better be careful. If we couldn't leave our first estate, our being in Christ, the book of Revelation wouldn't tell us that if we're lukewarm, we could be spewed out of the mouth of Christ. Christ can't spew nothing out of his mouth that hadn't been in him. It's got to come out of him. Right, right. Which bears witness with John 15. Now, you will have today to choose whether you'll believe the heretical, fleshly induced teachings of your traditions and your denominational beliefs or you'll have to come back to the Bible mm -hmm. and quit trying to twist other scriptures and tell me they mean something they don't. See, that's the ones that creep in among us unaware, mm -hmm. ungodly, mm -hmm. turning God's grace into something that it's not. Mm -hmm. God's grace don't keep you to the end. Your faith does. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Amen, that's right. We're not kept by the power of God through grace. We're kept by the power of God through faith that allows God to be that grace, that's that right. strength. <laughs> hey, that's right. We need to wake up and get back in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So these angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, He's reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. Mm -hmm. You see, there's angels that uh, have fallen. A third of the angels fell with Lucifer when he was when he left his first domain. A third of the angels left their first domain, mm -hmm. and they lost a war that took place. And 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 and, and Satan, he th those those fallen angels, they're under his domain still today. They're under his rulership. Those are the powers and principalities that we that we pray against, that we wrestle against. You need to understand that. If you read the story about Daniel, when that angel, was it Michael, that finally made it to, to Daniel, he said, the, the day that, and he, did, he said, 21 days ago I started trying to get to you. The day that you set your heart apart, yourself apart to understand, meaning the scriptures, he said, I was sent. But I've been in a war for 21 days. That's where the false prophets today say, if you'll just have a 21-day fast, calling it the Daniel fast, you'll have a breakthrough. Books are written about it. Messages are preached. Listen. You can't, you, you're, in the people of God, their faith is placed in what they're doing. They're fasting, right. and it's moved from the sacrifice of Christ. Right. Daniel's focus was, I need to understand the word. And the Holy Spirit, listen, the Word is only revealed in the person of Christ, the coming Redeemer in Daniel's day. He's coming. And, and the end days, which was revealed to Daniel. You need to understand that. 
These principalities, these powers that lost their first estate don't mean they hadn't got another one, but it ain't of God. Now they're here, they're, they're, there's, there's angelic powers and principalities that are over certain regions on this earth yeah. right now. Yeah, that's right. Even, even some who are just, the, the, the power of darkness is destroying the church, but only because the church moves its faith from the sacrifice of Christ. For there, Christ destroyed them, making an open show of them. Mm -hmm. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 tells us that Jesus, in his death on the cross, defeated all principalities and powers of darkness, making an open show of them. Mm -hmm. He defeated all of them. They're all defeated. But they're still at work. The devil is defeated. He's still at work. Right. Your flesh was defeated and yeah. overcame. The sin nature was yeah. defeated and overcame. But all that can still That's be right. functioning. That's right. But Christ defeated all that. That's why it takes your faith in that work alone. And you can leave your first estate as a born-again believer. The Bible declares that. This speaks of fallen angels who followed Lucifer from their first and God-directed estate in their own habitation. And if you read and you understand, and I believe it to be true myself, I really don't care who disagrees. I, I could be wrong, as many people have been wrong. But when Genesis chapter 6 talks about, and let's read this, Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God, that's referring to angels, I believe, saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And a lot of Bible scholars believe that's referring to the man Adam. And from that point, he would only have a hundred and twenty years left. But look at this in verse 4. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, angels, these fallen angels came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown and most Bible scholars believe that these fallen angels when, when the devil, listen, the devil was in the garden of Eden standing there when God rushed in and found Adam and Eve in their sin now and he pronounced judgment upon all three of them he told, he told Adam, now you're going to have to work with, the, with your hands, a sweat of your brow to provide for you. He wasn't having to do that before. All he had to do was keep the garden that God was making fruitful for him. And Eve was going to uh, suffer in pain and childbearing now. That wasn't going to happen. She was just going to be able to produce kids without the pain and the suffering. And now most women are like, how is that possible? Well, it's possible under God's perfect plan. Yes, there was, listen, there were no thorns and thistles and pains and, and suffering and death. None of that was right. before sin. All that came in after sin. But then he pronounced judgment on the devil as well. Mm -hmm. And in this he says, the seed of the woman. Now, now in, in type and shadow form, he's talking about the virgin birth. Because men have the seed, not women. But he's talking about many, many years later, 4,000 or so uh, would be close, that there would be a virgin birth because there would be a woman who had a seed that the Holy Spirit placed in her, Mary the Virgin, the incorruptible seed, the Word of God, the living Word of God. The, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head, devil. Yeah. And you're going to bruise his heel. That's what the Bible says right. in Genesis. Right. Well, he's telling him now what was going to happen at the cross. Mm -hmm. When he crushes your head, when he takes the power of death away from right. you, Hebrews 2.14 right. says that through the death of Jesus, he took the power of death away from the devil. Amen. So God rushes in. He pronounces judgment on the man, on the woman. But he tells them, hold on. There's a redeemer coming. That's exactly right. 
I've got a redeemer. I've got a solution for this. Mm -hmm. And he pronounces judgment. The seed of the woman going to crush your head, devil. Even though you'll bruise his heel. Jesus was bruised and wounded for our sins at Calvary. And then God, right there, God shows them by killing an animal or two, maybe a lamb, we're not told, but because it would be symbolic of Christ as the Lamb of God, probably a lamb or two. And then God does the killing. God does the sacrificial work. And then God clothes them, the Bible says, with skins of animals. All symbolic, all pointing far ahead to a Savior, His Son, that would come lay His life down as the Lamb of God. And all who believe upon Him through that sacrificial work He provided would be clothed, not with with animal skins, but with the righteousness of God. Yes, yes. See, that's powerful. All that was told them in the garden. So the devil stands there. He hears all this. And he, he can't, he hadn't really got it figured out except for one part. Really, maybe two. God's going to try to save them. And he's going to do it through the seed of a woman. The birth that a woman gives to a child. So that's why he redirects his fallen angels now to take on the appearance, and the Bible says in Hebrews 13 2, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware they were. Mm -hmm. So angels can take on the form of people. Mm -hmm. That's New Testament. That's Hebrews. Be careful how you treat people, because God says you could be entertaining an angel. Now, the focus is not angels. A lot of the church has made the focus angels. We're not angel worshipers. We're God worshipers Amen. through our faith in Christ and His sacrificial work. Mm -hmm. It's the only way you worship God in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. So the devil, he hadn't got it all figured out because Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and he says, listen, if the princes of this world had knew what was going on, mm -hmm. they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It was a mystery concealed mm -hmm. that in Christ one day would be revealed. Yes. You understand that? Mm -hmm. But all throughout the ages, through the prophets, the law, the psalmist, the, the little bits and pieces of this revelation of that seed of the woman that would come one day was being given. Mm -hmm. And the devil, he didn't have it figured out, but he was smart enough. The devil ain't dumb. He is dumb, but he's not dumb. Correct. Yes, that's right. You're dumb if you, lose, if you leave your first estate oh, God gave you. Yeah. That's pretty much dumb. That was stupid. Yeah. But he's not too dumb to realize that it's, it's, it's control he's after. He'd already left his first estate. Now he's here in the attempt to get man to leave his first estate. Yeah. Because he knows, he thinks that, that he will be kicked out, and he was. But here's the difference. God didn't leave Adam. When Adam was kicked out of the garden, God went with him. Hallelujah. Woo! Amen. God didn't follow the devil out of heaven. Right. Right. Kicked him out. That was it. Right. But Satan was smart enough to know that the promise to these people here, and that's how he, he these people here yeah. that God created after his image. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that. Yeah. How beautiful I am, mm -hmm. but I'm not created in his image. Mm -hmm. Jealous. He wasn't very smart, but he was smart enough to know God's in an attempt to save them. He kicked me out of heaven and didn't come after me. They left their first estate, and here he is coming after them. Now, that'll touch your heart right there. God didn't go after the devil, but he came after you. That's powerful. Yes, Because we were created in his image. But the devil was smart enough to know, i got to do something about this. I gotta thwart this childbearing. These, this, this, this. I done heard that they're gonna have children, and now because of them listening to me, it's gonna be a painful thing in them giving childbirth. Uh, and, and I know that this promise of God's gonna come through a, a woman giving forth birth. So uh, I've gotta stop this. So He redirects His angels to take on these other forms. And they move in and they marry women. And that's where giants come from. It's obviously right there in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Giants in the land. Yeah. God didn't create them. You know, a lot of people don't like to talk about the difference or, or, or what that big thing that happened between Genesis 1-1 and 
in Genesis 1, 2, that that could have literally, and I believe was, way huge span of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What's verse 2 say? And the the earth was without form and void. Mm -hmm. Well, Isaiah 45, 18 says God didn't create the earth without form and void. Mm -hmm. So something did happen between the time God created it and the time that he restored it. And most Bible scholars believe that it was that time because what caused all that, that cataclysmic event was the devil being kicked out of heaven. Think about it. Man, this earth locked up. Everything froze up because when you see in Genesis and you study that, not just what Grandpa said, when you get down to serious business and you look those words up, there's two words, uh, tohu and bohu, and I know that sounds funny to us because we're Northeast Texans, but you you start studying those words out in in Genesis. When you read God uh, creating this and creating that, he's not talking. Those words don't mean he's bringing those things out of nothing. It means he's bringing them back into functionality. Mm-hmm. Even that speaks of our salvation and our fallen state. God is bringing us back to place we need to be. Mm-hmm. Because the scriptures are about Christ. Mm-hmm. So think about that. So these women, they fall. These women. These angels, they fall or they leave, rather. You say fall, they left. You've got to leave to be considered fallen from mm-hmm. grace. Remember, Paul told the Galatians, You've fallen from grace. Well, you don't just fall off. And you, I mean, you, you leave grace. It, it, it's in a deceptive manner. If it, Who in their right mind would leave grace? Because that means the place where God works and God functions and God strengthens and God provides. But if you leave that place, then you're considered having fallen from that place. And these angels, it says, kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. Our habitation as Christians is in Christ. Don't leave it. Learn what that means, in Christ. It means that your faith was in his death, Uh and you are never to leave that. The way that you got in through that faith is the same faith that you live and walk by, Colossians 2, 6. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in him. Our lives are to be walked out in Him. That means through faith, not our words, from our heart. That's where we're continually believing. And God begins to give us grace. And that grace, by that grace, He's changing our lives. He's moving us from now, just confessing things we know to be right, to experiencing the things that we know to be right. And somebody said, Amen, I need that today. Amen. So the, these angels, they fell from their first estate. We're being reminded of that. We're being reminded of that. Why do we need to be reminded of that? Because we can leave our first estate. Mm -hmm. It's all throughout the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I mean, the New Testament for us. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to read that to you because about the angels, because that's exactly what Satan did. How can I thwart this now? How can I mess this up? If I can get my people, my followers, to pose as something and to marry these women, these daughters of God, then, or daughters of men, rather, then I, I can mess up that sea. And you listen, I don't, listen, a lot of people believe that when the flood of Noah took place, that all those giants went away. But after the flood, you still see Goliath, which proves there's still something going on. And I'm not going to get into that today, But listen, God didn't create us as giants. Giants are, and you have to wonder if those, if 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 the fallen angels did what we believe they did, then those things that were given birth to, I'm not getting into that, but you got to think about that. Mm -hmm. It was something Satan was doing to mess up the plan of God because he knew this redemption toward men was going to come through the woman giving birth. Mm -hmm. Think about that. I'll say something good about about, about women this morning seeing we have some here today. (laughs) Eve was deceived. 
And the devil lied to her. She bit the bait. She took it. But God also used a woman to bring forth the Redeemer mm -hmm. as a poke in the devil's eye. Mm -hmm. Because God could have chosen yeah, sure. some way to do that, but he chose to bring forth the Redeemer through the woman. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. God likes poking the devil in the eye, but every time he does it, he only does it with the finger of Jesus. Mm -hmm. The revelation of Jesus. Because mm -hmm. Jesus is the one that took his power from him away. Not you mm -hmm. telling him he can't have your kids. Mm -hmm. He will steal your kids while you tell him in his face he can't have them. Right. Because the power ain't in you telling him That's he can't right. have them. The power is in what Jesus That's did at right. Calvary. Exactly the right. devil will steal your job, your health, your marriage, your kids, everything you have while you're telling him he can't have it. Mm -hmm. He will take it from you in your face. But when you put your faith in the work of Christ, that's what crushed his head, stole his power, and allows you by the Spirit of God to resist him. Outside of that, he will destroy you and God will allow him to do so. Why do you think God left him running around? Peter said the devil goes to, to and fro as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who can he devour? Right. Whoever's faith is not in Calvary. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He has no power to devour except outside of the faith of Christ. That's right. And again, Paul confirmed that. He said many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely mm -hmm. because they're not discerning the Lord's body, what he actually provided for them at Calvary. Mm -hmm. Christians today are dying prematurely. They're weak and they're sick because they're not discerning what Christ provided at Calvary. Think about it. Ninety-something percent of the church today, to be the church, you have to be blood-bought. Your faith had to yeah. begin in Christ mm -hmm. and his work at Calvary or you're not yeah. the church. You're not saved. You're not born again. But those, I'm talking about ninety-something percent of all true Christians are today are living under the guise of thinking they have to be good enough and they have to do all these things and they've moved their faith to the books, the written things written in these catchy pictures on these books and, and these catchy titles and all oh, this has got to work this time and, and I've got this problem so I'll go get a book and in this book the guy tells me if I'll do these three things I'll mm -hmm. be delivered. That, that's not that's faith right. on the cross. That's in your doing right. not your faith in his doing. That's right. Amen, Brother Curtis, or oh me, help me, Lord. So, man left his first estate as well, and the only reason God hadn't forsaken us is because, I've already told you this morning, he created us in his image, and he loves us. And Jude has written along with many other scriptures so that we will not forsake our first born-again estate. Mm -hmm. And don't listen to those folks that tell you you can't. Because if you can't lose what you gained... If you can't lose your salvation, if you can't fall from grace, and, and falling from grace doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. It just means you're headed that direction. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Mm -hmm. Because God only knows those who are going to reach a point where they're, they're just not going to bear fruit. They're not going to do it. God knows those. We're not the judge of those people. You could live let me tell you something. You could live for a few years not bearing fruit the way they think you ought to be bearing fruit. You could live years in sin as a child of God not bearing fruit. But let me tell you something. You better repent. You better repent. If you're, you, it, The excuses you're making are just causing the strength of sin in your life to be greater. God ain't looking for your excuses. God's looking for a broken heart who will repent and say, I'm sorry, God, I've made all these excuses when I could have just been living for you the whole time. Okay. So there'll be no excuses at the judgment. And then he goes into, in Jude verse 7, he says, Another example he gives us, and we'll get into this probably a little bit more next week. We'll talk about Sodom and Gomorrah because it's one of the examples he's given us. Mm -hmm. He says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them. Right. We never really think about that, do we? No. Just Sodom and Gomorrah, but it right. says Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them. Correct. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. Have you ever heard of those 
classes in school, like the class of 19s, whatever, like, you know, there was just a good class of kids. But boy, that next year, there was some evil people in that. Y'all ever heard that saying talked about? No. You had never heard that? No. Like, well, let me, I'm going to talk about it this morning then. <laughs> Certain classes, there's evil in every class. Right. And there's good in every class. But yeah. some classes are just known, that's a good bunch of kids right there. Yeah. But then some classes are known, my Lord, that they bad. <laughs> I Listen, I, I knew some folks where I grew up that were so bad, they would stand on the side of the road right there in my hometown on a Sunday afternoon, drunk with beer bottles. Oh, no. And travelers coming through that, or anybody, whoever it was, they were a car right there. They would throw that glass beer bottle and hit that car and dare them to get out. And if some would occasionally, they'd beat them down on the highway right there. Really? And that's just one story I could tell out of many. Oh, Lord. And that was a group of people right there that just... We're all close to the same age, and I'm talking about it was predominantly that. Back when the law in that town didn't care if you drank right there on the street, just don't leave your trash here. Well, what will that lead to? Oh, mercy. Oh, my goodness. Mm. So, my point is this. Whenever there's a city that's just known for its wickedness. Mm -hmm. Well, there's going to be other little suburbs around it that all that just feeds out into. Not saying that just because of that, mm -hmm. but here in the Scriptures, we see that even as Sodom and Gomorrah mm -hmm. and the cities about them in like manner, mm -hmm. giving themselves over to fornication. Notice the Bible says they gave themselves over. God didn't give them over. The devil didn't force them. They gave themselves over to fornication. And going after strange flesh, that's talking about homosexuality and lesbianism, because me with a man in the eyes of God is strange flesh. A woman with a woman is, in the eyes of God, that strange flesh. In the eyes of a child of God, that is strange flesh. In the eyes of somebody who might think they saved, somebody, somebody who may think they're a Christian, and that ain't strange, you need to reevaluate the Word of God. That's right. Because what was an abomination to God 4,000 years ago yes. is an abomination to Him now. That Malachi 3 6 said, God does not change. Uh -huh. <coughs> Think about that. Right. He's not changed his mind because of the age and the times in which we That's live. No, right. what he told you and me is that they would become perilous and they will tell That's that right. he has changed his mind. But he ain't changed his That's mind. Right. That's a part of that last day's perilous spirit. That's right. why we have the book of Jude. Amen. Yes. So that we won't fall prey Amen. to that perilous strength-reducing, fierce, dangerous spirit of the world that's attacking the church, trying to get us, well, it's okay. God don't mind you having a little fun. It's okay. God don't mind you uh, being rich and millionaire and going after all that. And God don't mind. Listen, that's why we got the book of Jude. That's why we got the entirety of the New Testament telling us mainly three things. Jesus came to save us. Through faith, you can be saved and in Him. Right. And if you keep that faith until the end, He's coming for you. Amen. But the only ones going with Him are the ones who have faith in Him. True. Yes. That don't mean they say they do. That's right. That's right. The only place faith is found is in Christ. That's right. Not in my words, not in the church. Right. Faith is found in my heart. Yes, that's true. Because my faith is in Christ. Correct. So, I'm going to finish this verse. We'll have to take off uh, uh, next Friday. He says, giving themselves over to fornication. Mm -hmm. And if you'll think about it, we'll get into this next week. This is the same thing, not just these people did, but Esau did. We've been talking about that here at Crossway Church the last couple of messages, buying the truth. Esau sold the truth. For the birth, for for mm -hmm. for a pottage, a bowl of soup. Esau, mm -hmm. the Bible in Hebrews chapter twelve calls Esau a profane man, a fornicator. 
in Hebrews 12, a fornicator and a profane man. See, fornication is not just about physical, sexual immorality. It's about spiritual immorality. Yes. When you trade the truth for a lie, mm -hmm. which is Christ and Him crucified yes. for any other object of faith, you're committing fornication. That's right. You're selling the truth for a lie. Mm -hmm. You need to know that today. True, true. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. Mm -hmm. When you're enjoying yourself... You're going to run out of time. And I believe Jesus is coming today and the world's about to run out of time. And I hope He does. I'm looking for Him, that's for sure. I've enjoyed this teaching. We're here every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. You can watch it live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or watch all the episodes on my YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316 or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Amen. See you then. Amen, amen.